0: Thank you for tuning in to the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships and offering our witness to our community and world. We are one church with multiple campuses in the Elgin and Bartlett communities. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org, our church app, or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, may you be blessed by this week's
1: message. As we hear from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see them, see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his sight, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the door, Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name.
0: The third day is Resurrection Day. I, we've talked a little bit about this over the first couple of weeks, and, but it bears repeating that, that you know, as we, as we dive into this series of the third day, it, it seems a little odd to be talking about the resurrection in the midst of the season of Lent. Uh, I don't know if that's been a challenge for you for the first couple of weeks, uh, but I know for me it's kind of opened my eyes to see things in a new way, to see how much the resurrection does mean, how much it does point to this season of Lent. And so we do. We we study this, this resurrection through the eyes of some of the other biblical characters that we know of. Viewing it through scripture. We've already seen it through the eyes of Mary Magdalene and Simon Peter. This week is Thomas, but then we're also going to talk about those apostles on the road to Emmaus, Paul, and even Jesus himself. And so I, I hope that over the course of the next few weeks, you're going to begin to see that resurrection in a new light. What does the resurrection mean in your life? Does it make a difference? Does the extraordinary event in history guide your Christian faith? And what insights can we find as we gaze through the eyes of these biblical characters who also encountered the resurrected Jesus Christ? Will you pray with me as we begin? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word and to hear your message. And so, God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but but that they would be your words for your people, your message for your people. And all this I ask in the mighty and the matchless name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we look at the resurrection of Jesus through the eyes of those closest to him, we turn our attention to that one person who seems to have gotten a bad reputation. A bad reputation throughout our lives with his encounter, just this one encounter with Jesus. We turn our attention to Thomas. Thomas is known throughout church history, and, and I dare say even outside the church, as Doubting Thomas. I, I wonder if you'd ask other people outside of the church that didn't have much of an experience, if you said Doubting Thomas, if they would know who you were talking about. Or maybe it was just a, a, a common theme that just bled, it, bled its way into society, that anytime somebody would doubt, they would just call him Doubting Thomas. But does he really deserve this negative title? he really I believe through our conversation today we may come to a different understanding of who Thomas is and what he can teach us about our own faith journey because maybe just maybe a little skepticism is good for us so let me ask uh, begin by asking a couple of questions we've all heard the phrase that things might be too good to be true Ever had something that was too good to be true? I mean, maybe it was something that you bought that didn't quite turn out the way, uh, the way you had hoped it would. Last year, my, uh, my son-in-law, Kyle, was looking for a, a hinged dog kennel uh, that he could use as a gate. Uh, it actually, I think, was a gate that he was going to put at the end of his garage so that he could keep Goose in the garage. His, uh, oh, a 95-pound golden retriever now. Uh, Still is a puppy and way too much energy, uh, but lovely dog. But trying to keep him in the, in the garage, he was trying to find this metal gate, because the metal gates hold him back. So he searched online, and he came across the description of an 18-panel dog fence, and it was followed by a price that just seemed too good to be true. Guess what? <laughs> it was. Too good to be true. When the package finally arrived, which took a long time to get there, he found himself looking at a box that certainly could not have contained 18 metal fence panels, let alone it only weighed a few pounds. So as he opened the package, he found a scarf, and I believe it had like 18 images of horses, 18 panels, Not quite the 18-panel fence that he was looking for. It truly was too good to be true. Actually, I messaged him last night, and he said, you know, deep down, Kyle knew he was being scammed, but he still held out hope that maybe it could be true. You ever been tricked like that? You know, maybe you bought something off of Temu or eBay and only not to get what you really wanted... You just couldn't believe it. Or maybe it was a time when you saw something so astonishing that if you didn't see it, you never would have believed it. I remember a few times uh, at local high school sports games when, when I was actually not watching the gameplay at the time and something amazing happened. Maybe, maybe somebody dropped a three from the logo. Maybe somebody made a beautiful pass or something, but I missed it. I didn't see what had happened, and people all around were telling me what was going on and what had happened. It seemed too good to be true. And since there was no instant replay at high school sports, I couldn't see it for myself. Sure, maybe the score reflected the play, but, but I couldn't believe that it happened. Some were simply amazing plays with no effect on the score, so that wouldn't have even told me either. I wonder if this is how Thomas might have been feeling. Something amazing happened. This, this wonderful teacher and close friend is killed, and then some of his other friends are telling him that Jesus is raised from the dead. That's too far-fetched. That couldn't have happened. Really, guys? Really? Jesus is back? I can't believe it. Maybe Thomas was wondering why Jesus appeared to a few of his friends, but not to him. Or he can't believe that he happened to be running errands at the time that Jesus actually appeared. Either way, Thomas's doubts, Thomas doubts that this miracle even happened. But maybe we need to cut Thomas a little bit of slack because there are some things about this encounter which help us on our faith journey. Thomas voices questions and, and doubts that, that many others would have had. Thomas also offers a view of how doubt can lead to faith. A resurrected faith. You see, we've just traveled through a worship series on doubt, uh, and if you want to hear a little more about that doubt series, uh, you could certainly go to our social media or watch any of those services through the Journey of Hope app and go back in that series, that Wrestling with Doubt, Finding Faith series. But the key point that came out of that series is that doubt is not the enemy of faith, but a path to a deeper faith. Doubt is not the enemy of faith, but a path to a deeper faith. Asking questions is not evidence of unbelief. It is the mark of someone who is striving to learn more about their faith. We just need to be careful about letting our doubt lead to despair. A little more about that in just a moment. But the other aspect of doubt is increasing, with increasing our faith, comes through a process called deconstruction. And some of you may remember that there was a a message following Ask a Pastor Sunday that uh, we did a whole series on it. And and one Sunday, May 8th, 2022, we actually talked about deconstruction, the whole service. We talked about how this is something that we all go through in our life. It may be in our school, in work, or when we're discerning our faith. This is a process of, of stripping away everything that we've been told to believe Everything that we've been told to believe about Christianity, what we've been told to believe and what we've been told about it, and this can lead to a few different uh, lead in a few different ways. While it can lead to people walking away from their faith, and we hear stories about that, it can also lead to a much deeper faith, a much deeper faith, because you begin to make your faith your own when you start to ask those questions it no longer becomes my parents' faith or my grandparents' faith. It becomes mine. Because now I've researched it, I've read about it, and I've learned what I needed to. And now it's mine. It becomes more of who you are and you are stronger for it. You can kind of call this what Tom Berlin in this, story, this study calls resurrected faith. Thomas's faith was resurrected when Jesus appeared. However, before he appeared is where we find Thomas asking questions and doubting that the resurrection even happened. But here's where we make a distinction. Because Thomas doubted and asked questions, not when he was alone, but in the midst of community. In the midst of community. He was with the rest of the disciples when he was expressing that doubt. He didn't leave that upper room. He didn't walk away, but he did question. You see, questioning and doubting when alone can lead to despair. It can lead to a feeling of hopelessness. Sure, you can search for answers. You can Google all you want, and you may find answers. You may not find the right ones, but you'll find answers. But you might not find the answers that you need. If you're all alone, this can lead to despair a path that leads to unbelief but if we follow thomas's pattern we find a much better way to ask those questions and express our doubts he did this in the community that he knew he was gathered with the other disciples a close community where he could receive the support and love that he needed as he grew in his faith even if they didn't have all the answers Doubt in community can lead to that much deeper faith. It is in those safe spaces that we can grow, but also leads to some other questions. The biggest question is this. Is Journey of Hope a place where people feel safe enough to share their doubts and questions? Let me ask that question again. Is Journey of Hope a place where people feel safe safe enough to share their doubts and their questions? Or is this a place where questions are quelched, doubts are denied, and people just journey through life never actually expressing their true feelings? We must notice that when Thomas expressed his feelings of doubt, he wasn't thrown out into the street. He wasn't eliminated from this group of friends. We know, we know this because it is stated that after his confession of doubt, they remained together for eight more days in that room. Answers were not given to Thomas, and we know this because when Jesus arrives, that's the first thing that comes up. Jesus says, hey, Th- Thomas, come here. Touch. Put your hand in my side. Touch the wounds and believe. Can you imagine, though, those eight days before that? This group of people staying together for all this time, loving each other, supporting each other, and acknowledging the doubts of some of those gathered. Yes, it was not just Thomas. We like to think that it was just Thomas, but it wasn't just Thomas that had doubts. Luke tells us this in his 24th chapter that Jesus asked the disciples why they are troubled and why do doubts arise in their hearts. This was a community who truly loved and cared for each other. And they all had doubts. It wasn't just Thomas. But this brings me back to Journey of Hope. Again, is this a community where we can travel together in the midst of doubts In the midst of doubts and questions, or do we spend our time judging others and stifling the very questions and doubts that help us grow in our faith? Can we travel together in the midst of doubts? Are you comfortable enough to share a doubt or a question with a person sitting next to you? Now, that may be your spouse, that may be a, a daughter or a son or a, an incredibly close friend. Are you comfortable enough in sharing those questions and those doubts? Because Journey of Hope should be that. We should be that space, that sacred space where we can share our doubts and questions, where we can learn and we can grow together in our faith. And also, how can we be present with one another? How can we be present with each other and encourage each other along our faith journeys? How do we do that? Because we can look around us. We can see all the people that are here and we know that there are so many that are worshiping online. We know we don't have all the same beliefs. That we have different, different aspects of our belief that, that we have that somebody else might not truly believe in. We may have differing political beliefs, but we're all here. We're all sharing in this space together. Do we have that safe, sacred space that we can have those conversations? That we can have those difficult conversations? That we don't walk away from the table? That we don't walk away from from Journey of Hope because somebody doesn't follow everything that I believe? We have the foundations, yes. But there are some things that we don't all run in parallel with. Can we listen to understand instead of listening to respond? That's a big difference. Do we listen in order to make a response? Or do we actually just sit back and listen so that we can truly understand what the other person is is facing, what the other person is thinking, what they're feeling? Do we hear those questions? Do we hear those doubts? And are we that sacred space enough To allow those conversations to happen. Is Journey of Hope a place where we can experience that? And so maybe in our time this week as we reflect on on this this character of Thomas and on this scripture passage and, and on this message, maybe we think about how we can create and cultivate those sacred spaces. Those sacred spaces of of openness, of welcoming, of being able to hear questions and doubts and just listening to understand and living together in community. What would that look like? I dare say I would tell you what it looks like because it would look like the kingdom of God. That's what it would look like. Can journey of hope be a glimpse of the kingdom of God? I hope so. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, thank you for calling us to these spaces, for challenging us and encouraging us to love our neighbor, even in the midst of doubts and questions. God, speak to our hearts. Invite us into these spaces and, and give us insight into what What spaces could look like when questions are welcomed, when doubts are encouraged, so that we may grow in a deeper relationship with you. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go forth from this place, I, I think of the choir anthem that we shared, of Was I Faithful? Talking about all those times when, when we are called to reach out and to, and to love those, to set the oppressed free, to, to reach out and feed the hungry, to shelter the homeless. Uh, and doing this, to the least of these, we do it unto Jesus. How do we then also do that? Not only just in our community, how do we do that here at Journey of Hope? How can we do that here? Can we? Truly, can we? And then the other piece that I was reminded of just as we were singing this last song is that, you know, it's all about Thomas and Thomas touching Jesus and believing in Jesus as he sees Jesus. But also I think we, real, we must realize that Jesus also touches us and changes our life because I just looked at the page just before the hymn we just sang and it ends with this. He touched me, oh, he touched me and oh, the joy that floods my soul Something happened and now I know He touched me and made me whole go, knowing the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.